The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 56 Black and Blue Paris 1882 December 30th, Denver, Colorado. Penthesilia was almost carrying Paris as they walked together. With every step, Paris winced in pain. Thalia had gone ahead of them to make arrangements at the brothel, and Penthesilia, with Paris, followed slowly, taking each step one at a time. Um, in the ring? What was it you and the sheriff were whispering about? asked Penthesilia. Upstairs, the other day with Thalia. What was it you two discussed? asked Paris in return. So we're keeping secrets from each other now. Is that what sisters do? I don't think we're keeping secrets from each other. I think we're protecting each other. I think we're both too shy to admit it. So, if you tell me honestly what went on between you two upstairs, I will tell you what went on between me and the sheriff in the ring. But if you don't tell me, I will trust that you have my best interest at heart and are trying to protect me from something. Then, you have to trust that I'll take care of you. That's what good sisters do. We're here. Come on, step up. Penthesilia instructed as they stepped carefully up the one step to the red door of the brothel. I am trying to protect you, you know. I know. But you don't have to worry that much about me. Thalia and I are just friends. Whiskey girl, there are so many more dangerous things here than Thalia's affection. But I do want you to remember she is paid for. She only belongs to you for a moment. She's not your girl. But she is my friend. Like you. I trust you. I trust her. You don't have to worry so much. She's not what I'm worried about. Penthesilia poked Paris in the chest with her finger. Ow! Damn it, that hurts! Paris felt the throb of pain left behind on her bruised chest. That's what I'm worried about, Penthesilia explained. Paris's body was sore all over. Every muscle felt like it was about to give up. If it weren't for the fact that Penthesilia was holding her up, she would probably just sit down here on the ground and wait for someone to help her in. Penthesilia opened the door to the brothel. Inside, there were two girls sitting around the lounge waiting for customers, and at the steps of the upstairs apartment stood Aphrodite. Well, if it isn't my champion and my Amazon, how did the fight go tonight? I won, said Paris. Are you sure? You're not exactly dancing in triumph. Aphrodite teased. You should see the sheriff. He probably won't get out of bed for the next two weeks. <laughs> Paris laughed. Well, either way, it's good to see you. You're, of course, both welcome here. I do hope these visits become a tradition. You should come here after every match. Thalia's in the back room preparing you a bath. Girls! Aphrodite turned to the girls in the lounge. Will you help our champ to the back room? And gentle with her. She took a few more hits than she should have. The two girls got up and guided Paris to the bathhouse at the back room. 
Celia, my little queen, can we talk for a moment? Aphrodite took Penthesilia's arm and led her to the lounge. She sat her down at a chair across from a small table, then went to the wet bar and poured a glass of something clear into a small ceramic cup. She handed it to Penthesilia, who looked at it suspiciously before she took a sip. It was warm and sweet. It tasted slightly like rice. There was a hint of the chemical flavor of alcohol, but it wasn't that strong. Not a whiskey or a gin, and holding the warm cup pulled the chill from her fingers. Whatever it was, Penthesilia had never tasted it before. It's Japanese. They call it sake. It's a wine made from rice. Do you like it? I can send my supplier over to you if you want to purchase some. Aphrodite said as she sat in the chair across from Penthesilia. It's delicious. Thank you. But it's too fine for my clientele. It's If it's not beer or whiskey, they're not interested. Celia, I'm worried about you. You don't have to worry about me. I'm a big girl. I can take care of myself. Tell me, what is it you hold most precious? Asked Aphrodite. Why? Asked Penthesilia in response. There are rumors about you. They say you don't do anything unless you get paid. That the only thing you value in life is money. That's an interesting accusation coming from a whore. Penthesilia said a little sharper than she intended. Don't get defensive. I'm not trying to attack you. I'm trying to help you. What is it you care for the most? My bar? But it's not your bar. It's as mine as it can be. And if they took it from you? A sheriff is full of shit. He doesn't have the power to take it from me. William hates him. Um, what about Anna? If you had to choose between her and the bar, would you choose her? She needed my help. She's become my friend. She makes the bar better. We've been making more money than we ever have before. There's no reason why I would need to choose between her and the bar. She loves the bar as much as I do, and the money we've been making on the fights is more than I could have dreamed. And if they took the money from you, no one is going to take my money. Celia, if you were to go far enough east, you would find men who believe that the things we desire keep us bound and prevent us from being free. They live with nothing because they know having nothing allows them to live without the chains that tie them down. Now, I'm not suggesting that you live with nothing, but I want you to realize that it's not the bar that sets you free. It's not the money that sets you free, it's your mind that sets you free. And some things you cannot hold on to. They're yours for a season, and you take care of them as best you can. What are you trying to say? The Whiskey Girl is yours for a season. But, like all sisters, she will one day find a path that leads her away from you. She's not yours to keep. When the time comes, let her go. She will stay if you force her, but you will keep her from what she's looking for, and she will never fill that hole in her heart. Aphrodite finished, and then sat quiet for a moment, until Penthesilia stood from her chair, 
finished her sake, and set it on the table. Thank you for the drink. Penthesilia was nervous and shaken by Aphrodite's words. I do love you, you know, Aphrodite added. Yeah, Mom, I know. The problem is you love everybody. Penthesilia walked out of the brothel. This is impressive, Paris said as she looked around the room. There were large pots of water set up on wood-burning stoves, far larger than could be lifted when they were full. There were pipes running around to an enormous wooden bathtub set near them. Paris wondered if Pony would fit in it. Steam rolled out of the pots, and the room was warm with their heat. It smelled like perfume and wood smoke. A large drain was set in the center of the tiled floor. Paris waited by the door as Thalia worked on a pot at one of the stoves. This is our private bath. Customers are not allowed in here, so you should consider a great honor that the lady insisted you come back here, Thalia explained. I'm a customer tonight, Paris asked. Yes, you already paid me, and if you exceed that retainer, Celia will compensate me for the rest. Celia is paying you. No, not yet. You haven't done anything that needs paying for. But if you do, she has agreed to take care of it. You're her champion. I think she wants you in the best of health. So, I'm here strictly for medicinal purposes? Well, that depends on you. What you want to do and why you want to do it. Thalia winked. She took the pots she was working on off the stove and brought it to the floor. She grabbed a stool and sat next to it. Then, with the crook of her finger, she beckoned Paris forward. Paris stepped up to Thalia. Thalia took off Paris's coat and hung it on the rack near the door. She untucked Paris's shirt and began to unbutton it. Um, Thalia? asked Paris. You don't expect to take a bath with your clothes on, do you? Thalia questioned. Uh, no, um, of course not. Go ahead, Paris instructed. Thalia continued pulling her shirt off carefully. Below it, she saw the extent of the damage. Now the large bruises were almost black, spreading out to purples and yellows. They covered her chest, her breasts, and her stomach. Her eye and her jaw were bruised as well and swollen. Is it twisted of me to think you look kind of sexy like this? Thalia asked. Yeah, that's probably a little twisted, Paris speculated. Well, don't worry. I'll set you right. On occasion, there are men who get a little rough. Lady Venus always takes care of them, and we never see them again. But I take care of the girls, Thalia explained, as she began removing Paris's gun belts and boots. She smiled at the tiny guns, now holstered into custom pockets inside the boots. She took the six guns and belts and placed them on a table by the door. Why do you need so many guns? Balance. If I have one, then I need another on the other side of my hip. There's the one my mother gave me, the single-action army. It's my favorite. But I have another just like it to balance it out. Also, there are two double actions, one on each side, again for balance. The double actions sell better, but it would be harder to convince someone to buy one if I didn't carry some with me. So I have four guns. Why do you have two in your boots? It's not always polite to carry a gun in some situations. But after Thomas, I don't want to go anywhere unarmed. What happened with Thomas? I suspect he left town. 
probably too embarrassed to show his face anymore. Paris looked away from Thalia as she spoke, staring at the steam as it spread through the room. You're a bad liar. What really happened? If too many people know a secret, it's not a secret anymore, Paris explained. Thalia unbuttoned Paris's pants and slipped them off of her. She looked at the bloomers, short and flat against her. She smiled and removed them as well. I don't think we should have secrets anymore. Not between me and you, especially if you can't lie. I can lie when I need to. Do you love me? asked Thalia. No. Paris looked Thalia straight in the eyes. Not the way you're implying. Do you want to love me? Thalia asked again. This time, Paris's eyes fell from hers, looking once again at the steam. No. Paris lied. You just lied! You really are a terrible liar. That means you do want to love me. Then there is hope. Good. I can work with hope. Come on, sit here. Do you want me to love you? Paris asked. Sometimes the best way to lie is simply to not answer the question. Now, sit. Thalia pointed to the stool next to the pot she had taken from the stove. Paris sat. You didn't answer the question. Paris smiled. I know. Clever of me, wasn't it? Thalia opened the pot to show Paris that it was full of a light brown mixture. She scooped it up with her hands and began spreading it on Paris's legs first and then slowly over her entire body. Mud? Yeah, mud! Sometimes you have to get really dirty before you can get clean. Is that a metaphor? Everything is a metaphor. Why mud? Paris asked as she felt it cool. Thalia had warmed it on the stove, but it didn't hold the warmth as long, and as it sat on Paris's skin, it began to get cool. The lady explained that the mud draws the toxins out of the body. She said that she gets it from the banks of a river that Zeus himself bathed in, and it has healing properties. Then, one day I saw her buy new supplies from a man who came by occasionally to enjoy a girl for the night, one night, when he was with me, I asked him where the mud came from, and he said he got it from the banks of the Colorado. So, I don't think it's magical or anything, but when I use it, it does seem to help. Maybe Zeus bathed in the Colorado, Paris commented. Ah, maybe he did. Maybe it's just as magical as the lady claims, Thalia agreed. When Paris was covered from neck down in mud... Thalia stood and washed her hands at the basin, by the stoves. She then went to Paris's clothes and pulled from the pockets of her pants the blindfold she had used earlier. She wrapped it carefully around Paris's eyes and then stepped back to inspect her work, before she began to undress herself. Why am I wearing my blindfold? Paris asked. I'm undressing, and I don't want my clothes to be ruined by this next part. I'm naked. Isn't it only fair that I get to see you naked, too? Oh, you probably will. But everything in its time and with its measure. I want to hold some mysteries to be revealed later, Thalia explained as she removed her dress. You're a tease, Paris said. Not just any tease, a professional tease. Tell me, how did you do it at the bar? Do what? Paris asked as she smiled. The gun trick with the cookies. 
Did you really shoot them out of the air at that distance, blindfolded? Valya asked as she took off her corset and chemise. She bent down and began to remove her shoes. How do you think I did it? Well, if I had to guess, I would say there was a tiny bit of gunpowder, like a firecracker, on the back of the cookies. Your gun was full of blanks, like during the quick draw match. So all you had to do was pretend to shoot them, and they would explode as they passed the target. (laughs) That's good. Paris began to laugh. I should have done it that way. That would have been quite a thing to pull off. But no, that's not how I did it. Paris's smile became wider as Thalia removed her bloomers and stockings. Now naked, Thalia set her clothes aside next to Paris's and knocked at the door. Please tell me, and I will forgive you for not admitting what you did to Thomas. Thalia begged. All right. It's very simple. I can see through the blindfold. What? No! You wicked girl! You can see me? Yeah, and you're adorable when you flush. Paris laughed. Well, I guess you don't need this anymore. Thalia removed the blindfold. I can't believe you! You cheated! It's not a cheat. It's a show. My uncle told me never to believe anything you see on stage. On stage, they're only there to entertain you. Clowns, actors, medicine men, politicians. Everything is a lie. Nothing is real. If a man is standing on a stage, he is probably lying. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse. Written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead. Except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.